Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Triangles Meditation Group. Today is November 29th, 2021. And as we always do, let's begin with a brief moment of silence to link up together as a group, followed by the sounding of the noontime recollection. We know, O Lord of life and love, about the need. Touch our hearts anew with love, that we too may love and give. So welcome again, and thank you all for being with us again this week to strengthen the planetary network of triangles, which is our intention in these weekly webinars. We also seek to provide a platform for people who are new to triangles and to aid them in the forming of a triangle if they resonate to this idea of planetary service. So if you're new, please uh, feel free to enter your name in the chat box and hopefully two other people will agree to form a triangle with you because that's how the network spreads from triangles members reaching out to other triangles members and forming together a network, a vast network of light surrounding the planet through which the energies of lighted goodwill can flow. Triangles is a simple daily visualization practice using the power of thought and prayer to uplift and transform consciousness. Three people agree to link with each other, uh, visualizing a triangle of light, of three lighted spheres between themselves. And then they meet as a, in the mental plane, the spiritual plane, the emotional plane, and the physical etheric plane. And they radiate those energies generated by their triangle, connecting themselves with all the other members of triangles throughout the world, forming a vast network of light. And our work is interesting in that we're told that the triangle is the symbol of the soul. And so right now, much of our planetary etheric network is composed of a network of squares, which is reflective of the personality aspect. But as more and more people work with triangles, we're aiding this tremendous transformation of the etheric body of our planet into a network of triangles, therefore more conducive of soul energy and the transformations that it can bring, the needed transformations that it can bring to our world. And once you connect with all other triangles members, you visualize the energies of light and goodwill flowing through the network, touching all open hearts and minds as we sound together the great invocation, a world prayer that is ideally suited to transforming and distributing uh, the planetary network. And so today after our meditation, we will be hearing from James Mills. Most of you who've been here before will know James is a regular contributor to the webinar. He's based in London and his training is in architecture, and he's a longtime student of the Ageless Wisdom teachings. And he'll be sharing some thoughts with us today 
on unity and diversity. So as we do each week, let's begin by coming together in a brief visualization, visualizing the planet as a sphere of lighted energy. Within that sphere, visualize a triangle composed of the three planetary centers, Shambhala, the planetary head center, the spiritual hierarchy, the planetary heart, and humanity, the planetary throat center. Visualize the circulation of energies flowing in all directions from point to point around the triangle, merging and blending the three points, filling the triangle with light. Now superimposed upon that triangle, visualize a five-pointed star. This is the star of the world teacher, linking east and west, past and future, radiating the energy of love wisdom. At each point of the star, the sphere of his activity, stands an outpost of his consciousness, the five planetary centers. Visualize the energies of love wisdom radiating forth from the center of the star through the five points. London. Darjeeling, New York, Geneva, Tokyo. Visualize these outpouring energies enlivening small groups gathering everywhere, aiding them to focus and direct the energies into the consciousness of all humanity, solving its problems, creating right human relations, restoring peace on earth. Project a rainbow bridge towards the spiritual hierarchy and sound together the mantra. Radiance we are and power. We stand forever with our hands stretched out, linking the heavens and the earth, 
the inner world of meaning and the subtle world of glamour. We reach into the light and bring it down to meet the need. We reach into the silent place and bring from thence the gift of understanding. Thus with the light we work and turn the darkness into day. As you know, we're working now under the imploring energies from the sign of Sagittarius, the archer, the sign of direction, such a valued commodity in today's world to find our direction, our group direction, direction for our countries and our planet. So I just wanted to share a few thoughts on another Sagittarian quality, which is that of freedom. Sagittarius is free because it's been through the long and arduous journey through the underworld in the previous sign of Scorpio, which ends with a note of triumph. So the archer is then free in this sign to travel swiftly across the plains and in the distance sees the mountaintop of initiation. So it's a great sign of liberation, of inner freedom. And so I just wanted to share a few thoughts on that. It's said that freedom is a leavening energy that permeates our entire solar system and emanates from the great star Sirius. And it's embodied in a great law that governs all life on that distant sphere. And it's said that of all the planets in our system, Earth is receiving the most powerful influx of this energy of freedom than any other planet in our system. In a sense, we might say that this is related not so much to our planetary logos as it is to the world teacher, the Christ, the head of the spiritual hierarchy, who we're told is a Syrian initiate. And that one day, no matter where he goes, between now and then, he will eventually find his way onto the path to Sirius. So if we wish to know what life is like on that great star, we need look no further than the Christ himself, for he, as I said, is an embodiment of the qualities on that great star of sensitivity. The light from Sirius is described as the sunshine of the major sun, and it's said to pour cyclically into our planetary life. 
And because the present holiday season is so powerful a factor throughout the world, it's certain that the solstice period and the Christmas holiday holds a key moment within the annual cyclic inpouring of love that emanates from this star. This Syrian force is one of the principal reasons for and underlying causes of the evolutionary developments, the initiatory influxes of energies that are conditioning humanity at this time. Of course, this concept of freedom is a challenging one to accurately and adequately define. Wanton freedom to do whatever one wishes leads to lawlessness, which is contrary to civilized living. Humanity has worked hard to establish laws that are necessary to protect the vulnerable and to maintain order. However, essential freedoms have also been hard won over the last hundreds of years. And any truly just and ordered society should be permeable enough to accommodate different perspectives and allow for a measure of freedom. So potent is this concept of freedom that it's said to set up a pathway of power between our spiritual hierarchy and Sirius. Sirius is the emanating point within our system that motivates and gives the incentive towards the culture of freedom and liberation which is said to condition the spiritual hierarchy. It's this urge to freedom that underlies the whole evolutionary process. All that transpires in the life of our planet is conditioned by the great overshadowing energy of freedom. So the issues arising throughout the world for freedom of choice are not going to go away until an equitable balance between the rights of the individual and the rights of the collective are worked out. Freedom conditions everything our Logos does, and by correspondence, the myriad of lives that make up the cells of his body likewise live within the radius of freedom. Energies from Sirius are said to be organized and vital beyond anything humanity can envision. And yet also they're free to a completely unlimited extent. Again, said to be beyond the power of humanity to even imagine. It's interesting therefore to ponder how freedom and order are able to coexist so perfectly on Sirius. Clearly, they are not conflicting energies although today they may appear to be, for we are working within the expression of a non-sacred planet, whereas Sirius is exponentially sacred. With the incoming of the seventh ray, the ray of ceremonial order, we see the increasing influence of order working out in our world. Some factions are intent on cementing the old order while others are seeking to negate all the rules and forge into some new order. Clearly, neither extreme approximates a more spiritual interpretation of order. Leaders today must not only be responsive 
to the orderliness <clears throat> of the seventh ray, but also to the freedom-loving influences of the sign accompanying it, the sign of Aquarius, the sign of liberty, equality, and brotherhood. How can we move into a higher manifestation of freedom that aligns with a permeable manifestation of order? As humanity comes together in groups large and small, we can become more responsive and able to manage the increasingly potent influx of love emanating from Sirius as it pours into our world. Under the overshadowing energy of a great cosmic triangle between the logos on Sirius, the solar logos, and our planetary logos, we're approaching the time wherein the cosmic heart the heart systemic and the little hearts of men will begin to beat in rhythmic unison. So let's now work together with our meditation, focusing ourselves at the center of the evened arm cross upon the mental plane as a point of love and light, linking with all people throughout the world who are working with this Triangles Meditation Group. And we project a line of lighted energy towards the highest center, Shambhala, and sound the affirmation of will. In the center of the will of God, I stand. Naught shall deflect my will from his. I implement that will by love. I turn towards the field of service. I, the triangle divine, work out that will within the square and serve my fellow men. Using the creative imagination, link with two other points of light to create a triangle of light. Visualize the triangle in which you are working as an essential part of the Radiant Worldwide Triangles Network. Hold the consciousness immersed within the light of the group soul, the heart of love which underlies and infuses the network. <clears throat>
Now lift the consciousness to the world teacher who stands as the heart of love at the center of the spiritual hierarchy and also at the heart of each triangle. Precipitation, visualize the energies of love, light, and goodwill circulating in and around the triangle's network. Visualize these energies unifying and eliminating all divisions within humanity, healing and transforming human consciousness, establishing right human relationships. Project a line of lighted energy towards the spiritual hierarchy and sound together the mantra of unification. The sons of men are one and I am one with them. I seek to love, not hate. I seek to serve and not exact due service. I seek to heal, not hurt. Let pain bring due reward of light and love. Let the soul control the outer form and life and all events and bring to light the love that underlies the happenings of the time. Let vision come and insight. Let the future stand revealed. Let inner union demonstrate and outer cleavages be gone. Let love prevail. Let all people love.
Visualize the whole planet alight with triangles. See new triangles being formed everywhere. Distribution, sounding the great invocation, silently or aloud. And as we repeat each stanza, let's visualize the network acting as a link between the world of spiritual realities and humanity, as a channel through which light and love and divine purpose may flow into human consciousness. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into the human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. from the center where the will of God is known. Let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Hello, James. Our, hello, Hi. James. 
Uh, yes, I can hear you. Do you have any slides to show or did you want me to just use? I just, yeah, just the, the images, I'm afraid. That okay. Is today. <laughs> All right. Well, welcome. Glad to have you back. Okay. Uh, hello, everyone. Um, I, uh, I have some thoughts on unity and diversity, and uh, this is really just an exploration rather than anything concrete, as it were. So here we go. Um, unity and diversity. If we accept as a starting point that there is behind all life and form a unified consciousness existing within silence, and from this unity or oneness, all manifest life appears in diverse ways and forms. Unity in diversity has become a well-known phrase to express harmony and unity between dissimilar individuals or groups. It is a concept that shifts focus from unity based on a mere tolerance of differences towards a more complex unity based on an understanding that difference enriches human interactions. A related idea to unity is unanimity of one soul. In the English language, we use this word to describe when a disparate group of people agree with a certain proposition. It is sometimes difficult to reach this state of unanimity because of the diversity of opinions involved. Working through the options to achieve positive unanimity will require all participants to make an effort to understand the opinions of those with opposing views and in a spirit of goodwill, seek a compromise to achieve unanimity. It is interesting to look at the word compromise defined as to make a mutual promise and then to ask, how do we define a promise? And this can be defined as that which affords a basis for hope or expectation of future excellence. So together, a compromise is that agreement which together with others affords a basis for hope or expectation of future excellence. We can see how close this meaning is to unanimity, defined as a group agreement, but not just as an agreement, but with the hope of future excellence. So there is a quality of aspiration and creative potential in this word unanimity. Uniformity, defined as of one form, is another word relating to unity, and it has the connotation of sameness or likeness. Uniformity has its uses in the world, um, and in respect of clothing and identification, for example, um, in a hospital without some kind of uniform for the workers and medical staff, it would be difficult for patients to work out who to talk with or listen to. The armed services, the fire service, the police, all rely on uniforms for reasons of clarity, identity, and obedience to the chain of command in life and death situations. Over the past 70 years or so, our Western societies have developed and advertised many commercial brands for consumption, and this has led to a uniformity all over the world where certain types of foods, drinks, clothing, accessories, electrical goods, and cars are universally known and consumed. This has often been to the detriment of local products in different countries. Thus, diversity of choice has been nullified 
in the face of this overwhelming force of international corporate capitalism or globalism. This has flattened out, sterilized and homogenized our cultures. A related idea to uniformity is standardization, which brings a uniformity to various activities and products in the interests of safety and quality assurance, as it is often described. This is developed due to industrialized mass processes replacing local knowledge and traditional skills. An example of this would be contrasting the skill of a carpenter from 1900, who could look at a piece of wood and be able to tell from its shape, smell and flexibility, whether it would be able to span a particular distance in the construction of a floor. A contemporary carpenter, by contrast, is not allowed to have an opinion on a floor joist. He must use a piece of timber based on standardized factors. There is little skill called for and the size of the timber is far larger and heavier than that used by the carpenter of 100 years ago. Standardization gives us safety, cheaper prices and reduced risk at the expense of efficiency, craft skill and local knowledge. We can see that in the world of forms, there are sound but limited reasons to recommend the concepts of uniformity and standardization, and also reasons to question their usefulness when it is to the detriment of diversity, individual skill and creativity. So if we return to the idea of unanimity, which relates to decision-making at many levels of society, we can agree that it is not easy to achieve but it does signify a precious harmony of intention so needed today in modern life. There is another idea that is expressed in the, world, in the word spontaneity and seems to sit comfortably alongside diversity. The definition of spontaneity is from the Latin sponte, of one's own accord, willingly. There is something very beautiful about this quality of an individual or group producing something freely out of their own natural genius or creativity. Ways to help people of all ages to become more spontaneous, playful and creative would certainly help to redress the balance of our over-reliance on uniformity and standardization in our modern world. These ideas of freedom, spontaneity and diversity are at the foundations of the political movement of anarchism which flowered in the, in the 19th century. One of the most prominent proponents of this philosophy was the Russian Mikhail Bakunin, who wrote this in a letter to a friend in 1872, which I think goes to the crux of this issue. I will never tire of repeating it. Uniformity is death. Diversity is life. The disciplinary unity that can only be established in any social milieu to the detriment of spontaneous creativity and life kills nations. The living, truly powerful unity, the unity we all want, is that which liberty creates in the very heart of the free and diverse manifestations of life, expressing themselves, expressing itself through struggle. It is the balancing and harmonization of all living forces. Thanks, that's all. Thank you, James. Certainly uh, many thoughts to ponder 
and probably not finding too many answers at the present time, but yeah. it's certainly good to bring them up and open them up to, to others. Um, how do you see this differentiation between uniformity and unanimity? Do you see any instances in our world today where this is being a, a good compromise between these two is being worked out? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. This I think a lot of it comes down to economics and, and a, a lot of people um, just thinking about it in terms of creativity. Um, and, it, you know, these things do take time to develop. And in our world of, of, of targets and, and uh, you know, uh, deadlines, it is very difficult for people to carve out uh, spaces, I guess, and, and time to, to really, you know, talk, uh, play, um, try things out without coming to conclusions too rapidly. And it's interesting what you were saying about the seventh ray, which is about order and systemic approaches to things and how that relates to, uh, you know, these, these more fluid, these more fluid, um, ways of working um you know it seems to me that there is a there's a huge drive at the moment towards centralization of power and decision making and contrary to the you know the <laughs> the playfulness of um of of and also the and and just the the, the ability uh to to discuss and and um for people to have different opinions and for them to be heard without it becoming uh, a kind of a, a conflicted situation where you know people sort of as they say uh, retreat into their silos <laughs> um but I, it's interesting the uh there was a i was listening to a talk by john cleese he was talking to the creative uh, unit at google a few years ago and he was talking about um a sociologist who did a survey of um of professions especially architects and um and creativity within the in the in the profession and um he he did a survey and he he asked different famous architects how they how they you know managed to create and design their work and and basically what he found was that those people who could put off making a decision could live in the space of unknowing without having to uh, come to a, you know, a conclusion too quickly in order to meet some deadline or, some, or something and just live uh, with that um, playfulness of uh, what if we do this, what if we do that, maybe this, and then wait for something to drop into place rather than you know, forcing a solution. And he said these were the people who really had the great insights, in, in, and I'm sure it's the same in all creative activity, not just architecture. Um, and it feels to me that that's what we need to fight for in our world. <laughs> yeah. More spaces to do that. Yeah, and it seems of all the benefits and wonders we've received from technology, it always seems that at least I come back to the idea of how standardizing it can be and how numbing, and yet we're we use it all the time, we're using it now, right? But somehow we have to be able to allow children to 
be free of that, you know, in the youngest ages, it, it's, it's, it's a time for creative expression. If no other time in life, it's that so much at the heart of what a child is. And yet they're being robbed because technology has become the babysitter, you know, of the generations yeah. at this time, unfortunately. But maybe we have to go to the to, to the extreme in order for it to come back to the center, I, I guess. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> be interested to hear what if there's any any should I have a look at the um, chat, see if there's sure. any and if anyone would like to share a comment audibly, you can click on the uh, your name, I believe, or I don't know. I don't see a reactions button anymore. So I think you maybe they've gone back to clicking on your name and you can uh, share audibly. Uh, there's a, a Kit Turin writes, um, including the healthy aspects of the past unity, diversity while transcending towards the healthy aspects of future and emergent unity and diversity. Humanity's development of technology seems dangerously outpacing humanity's wisdom. Yes, <laughs> quite, quite agree, Kit. Um, I think most people would agree. It's just that we, we seem to be on this path, almost the momentum seems to have picked up so much that it's, it's difficult to, 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 to rail it back in some respects. And sometimes- I think what Michelle says is, is really one of the keys that the incoming of the fourth ray can serve to bring that creative expression into daily living. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I missed that, Michelle. Yes, absolutely. So it's this kind of almost tussle between the fourth and the seventh ray, isn't it? Mm -hmm. A creative tussle. Let's hope it's creative. Um, well, DK says it's the greatest combination for an artist to have. So yeah. th those who are born with both of those and our world as it's embracing both of those ray energies will surely see a greater balance. Yes. yes. Santana uh, says, uh, thank you, James, for your reflections on unity, synthesis and the seventh ray. Come to, and the seventh ray come to mind in relation to this topic. The great unity is always there, but we are often unconscious of it. The state of isolated unity suggests standing apart from and yet embracing the whole and seeing and experiencing the interconnectedness of all life and being. Well said, yes, absolutely. Thank you, Santana. Um, Simon says how to live a balanced life in a society which is dot, 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 dot. <laughs> yes. Um, Nina says spontaneity within fixed form Oh, where's it gone? Uh, has a correlative, oh, keeps on jumping. Correlative to soul within physical form, it may be part of the se seventh ray synthesis. Yes, absolutely. It's, um, uh, Larry says each participant has a microphone icon and, oh, right. So this is a technical thing. Um, uh, okay, uh, Sam says if you have a building block there is no limitation to how you can put them together or have a box of crayons on what on what you create with them absolutely it's the freedom isn't it of of, of the imagination which is what we're talking about really 
um, Clint says, is compromise a step in the right direction towards true cooperation? Do they differ? Ah, good, good, good question. Compromise. Well, compromise in its most positive sense is creative, isn't it? Because it is, it is about an aspiration towards uh, um, uh, a win-win, as they say, a win-win situation rather than somebody losing and somebody else gaining. So it's a, a necessary thing, but it does take time uh, to, get, to get to those solutions. And um, again, we don't really have that time anymore. We, it seems like our society is geared towards fast decision-making without giving time to, to think and to discuss things like this. Um, Gary, Gary says, uh, reading this book, Pastoral Song, which describes the extreme uniformity concerning the food industry and the farming co corporations, which unfortunately destroy the health of the land and the health and the quality of the food of the for the consumer. Yes, absolutely a good, good example of that um, corporate culture, which unfortunately has, has got a very strong hold on us at the moment. Um, but there's also the other part that's blossoming all over, at least in this country, are the small farmers mm. selling their products in the cities. And mm. so it's a really beautiful experience to be part of that, to be part, able to partake of that. Absolutely, the same, the same here in the UK. And um, uh, it's interesting that um, the, uh, the Indian government have rode back on their decision. Yes, that's, that is so great. Which is great, which may be just a political uh, maneuver, but anyway, it's, it shows that uh, the pressure put on them by the farmers who I think were, some of them were protesting for over a year. I mean, extraordinary. Yeah. 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 Um, so I just keep, I'll keep reading. Heidi says, have a walk in nature. And I thought about the microcosm in the macrocosmos, this affirmation is of enormous immensity, a synthesis of unity in the diversity. A absolutely, and nature just shows it to us, doesn't it? It's it, it, it is our <laughs> our inspiration, really. We, we need no look no further than nature. Um, Matthew M says, "Let's start by respecting and being open-minded to diversity and differences of belief." Uh, quite right then let's work towards the diversity to find agreement and compromise in order to achieve a harmonious unity. Absolutely, yeah. Um, Aura, uh, these governments are taking our freedoms of choice away and we have to take back our freedoms, take our freedoms back. Um, Joshua um, says, what was the decision made by the Indian government? Well, they, they were going to, I'm not sure of the detail, but they were going to um, enforce these um, uh, laws uh, which would have made uh, small farmers a lot more um, vulnerable to the uh, forces of corporate um, yeah. farming uh, corporations and genetically modified crops. And yeah. uh, basically, they've they've rode back on that and they've decided not to to enforce those laws, which means that the local farmers, the the Indian farm, which make up the majority of the farming in India. Um, will still manage to, let's hope, make a livelihood without having to be subservient to these, uh, these, larger, these larger forces. Um, that's the hope anyway. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, they had huge strikes throughout mm -hmm. the year, hundreds of thousands of farmers out in the streets and a lot of the truckers and other people from other industries supported them. And it was a, a huge victory for 
the little man, you know, little woman. Yeah. Um, Nathaniel writes, what are the boundaries between freedom and restraint? And that's a very good question because obviously there is, a, as you were saying earlier, Kathy, it's this, it's this dance between order and freedom, isn't it? It's yeah. a difficult one. Um, and it's so interesting that it's Aquarius and mm -hmm. Seventh Ray. So it's it's really the the nature of Aquarius to find that balance because the seventh ray is it's very instrumental in that sign being ruled by Uranus, the seventh ray planet. So it's it's really going to be worked out uh, in this coming age, I think. And there's a there's a growing, and I know people have a pejorative uh, sense of it, but there's a growing interest in again in in anarchism. Um, in its in its purest form, not in its sort of uh, people throwing bombs into into crowds and so on. But there, there's a sort of return to an under, uh, uh, an, under um, an interest in what what spontaneity and um, I think it's an interesting uh, you know a, a kind of looking at small scale enterprise. And I I didn't put into my talk, but I was thinking about. Uh, E.F. Schumacher's book, Small is Beautiful, yeah. in the 70s, which is still so, you know, yes. still makes sense today, that book. It's, uh, it was very much of the future, I think. Yeah. Um, uh, so how long have we got? Because I don't want to... Uh, a few more minutes. We can read a few more. Keep that going. Um, Simon writes... Um, Hopefully, when realization occurs, people do consider it valuable and not push it down somewhere. Yes, it's to do with freedom and restraint, um, I guess. Um, and Jane writes, unanimity, what a beautiful word and concept I've never focused uh, so worth understanding better. Yes, absolutely. Um, I remember um, I, I knew somebody who was involved in uh, the political. Um, she was she was a scientist and she was involved in the European Union and they had these working groups all over from all different parts of Europe on different issues. And she said, you know, we we achieved amongst ourselves, scientists and and people in, involved in these fields in great unanimity. You know, we could all agree on things, but as soon as it came to the political. Um, you know, uh, hurdle to get this these policies into actual uh, legislation. That's where all the problems came. Yeah. So it's it's like the, the it's the politics of it which seems to be the hardest thing to to make um, you know to to bring those ideas those visions into into political reality. And I guess it is it's because power is such a is 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 such an important. And uh, I suppose difficult thing to handle, perhaps. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> um, Kit, uh, uh, sorry, Joshua writes um, regarding anarchism. Is this connected to Michael Malice's philosophy or other folks? I, I'm not sure. I'm sorry. I I don't know who Michael Malice is. But um, if you if you Google or use some other search engine to uh, look up anarchism. There's a lot on it in on the internet now. Um, Kit Jirin writes, uh, braver angels bring people together across the political spectrum to increase understanding and find commonality. Braverangels.org, which is a fantastic, sounds like a fantastic organization. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, si Simon, um, 
you mean the return to nature as a place to practice some sort of uh, refrain from society? Yeah, I, it's you know, um, I think all, all 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 artists would agree that nature is a way of refreshing your understanding of of you know of diversity and and, and creativity. I know Steiner talked a lot about it in his in his work. Um, Bio writes, a standardization does not negate creativity, breach of them have their place. The, each of them have their place. They are the expression of individual ray disposition. The challenge as always is when we have someone who is a stronger carrier of one and tends not to see the importance and value of the other. Yes, well said, Bio. Yeah. Uh, Deborah writes, um, freedom from and freedom to are quite different ways for experiencing or approaching freedom. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, now it's gone up. Uh, Ashoka, uh, Kit Turin writes, Ashoka is also bringing in the new via change makers around the world, ashoka.org. Thanks to Kit, that's great. Um, Issa writes, a very timely discussion on freedom. We have power to demand our freedom even through ways of civil disobedience, which is a conscious form of anarchy. Mm -hmm. uh, Belinda Baird writes, uh, thanks, James and Kathy. We need to get the term unanimity out into the marketplace and around the dining room and kitchen tables. <laughs> we don't hear it used in the vernacular. Most people never hear it or use it beyond the esoteric groups. Yeah. Thanks, Belinda. And Steve writes, unity focuses on our sense of principles, goals, and aspirations. We are in a time when the spirit of unity and the aspiration for creativity and local diversity is perhaps stronger than it has ever been. It is, yet it, it is also arousing opposing principles, taking separatism as a principle. And this is where the fourth ray is needed to raise the point of unity to something that is aligned with Aquarian possibilities. Well put, as always, Steve. Thank you. <laughs> and Deborah says, thank you, James. So I think that's that's it so far. Um, yeah. That's a great, well, great response. Thank you. Thank you, James. Uh, thank you very much for sharing with us. And uh, thank you all for your comments. Mm. So we'll just end, as we always do, with a brief moment of silence, visualizing the planet as a sphere of lighted energy surrounded by a network of triangles. Thank you, everyone.